Welcome to Unreal. Welcome to Unreal. Welcome in. My Welcome. name is uh, Grayson, and, and uh, I'll be your host along with your other host, Elijah. Your other host, right here. Wow, it's great to meet you. You know what we are, Grayson? What are we? We're the worst people in the world. Well, <laughs> speak for yourself. <laughs> I'm a. Uh, I'm the second worst person <laughs> in the world. <laughs> um, yeah. Welcome in. Today, Please have a seat. Today we're going to talk to you guys about a very, we're going to have a very deep conversation today. L- let us talk at let us, you. Let us talk at you about what it feels like to be in your 20s and not know where we're going with your yeah. life. And if you know what you feel like, then you probably need to watch the worst person in the world. And you know what else? Uh, let's talk about feminism. Let's, let's talk about talk racism. About racism. Let's talk about the industry and how it's so antithetical to those, you know, those things are so full of those, so mm-hmm. pervasive. Mm-hmm. Let's have these discussions. Let's do a it. Couple, a couple sore spots. Let's talk about it. Um, yeah, we've got a really good conversation in store for you today. Uh, I, I had, we had a great time recording it, so yeah. please enjoy. Enjoy. Thank you. Yeah. So when you last heard from us, <laughs> we had just uh, watched, well, we'd watched a while before Walter <coughs> Mitty, Secret Life. Um, yeah, you watched of. that the week before. Secret um, Life of. Walter Mitty, comma, Secret Life of. <laughs> uh, yeah, we'd, we'd watched a couple movies. A couple moves. Uh, and we said, this is a short week. Well, boy, do I have news for you. This is a short week. We only watched a couple <laughs> movies because you were sick. I was busy. And I, I, didn't, I haven't seen Grayson in a week. It's been a full week. It's because been since last Wednesday. Since last Wednesday. We had that and really normally, fun day. the reason we've watched so many movies is because we've watched them together. Yeah. And now we've only watched two movies together. Yeah. And uh, I've watched three movies in the past week total, which, you know, sometimes I have to put into perspective, like, the average person isn't watching three movies a week. Yeah. Sometimes they are. Yeah. But that'll be, like, the max. But, but I feel like um, you watch, normally you watch a lot more. Well, yeah, but it just, I feel this mild insecurity that I have to put into perspective whenever I see people posting their milestones for the year and they're already at like 250 movies, 300 movies. And I'm like, dude, I, I don't, I can't imagine watching more movies than I do. Like, I feel like I've seen everything now. Which we know isn't true. It's not true. But I understand. You it's hard I mean? picking something to watch. Yeah. It's getting more and more complicated. A lot of rewatches. I don't know what happened. That's like a nice little retrospective to get your yeah. to get your juices flowing. Oh yeah, I love juice to pump your juice or whatever you want to say. Yeah, just get that's... that juice jacked. Yeah, jacking off yeah. my juice. Pump jack that juicy fruit. Yeah. <laughs> drop <Rain>. off <laughs> juicy juicy whatever juicy Lick drop it. pop. That's what juicy I'm trying drop to think pop, of. Yeah. Um, baby bottle pop. So Wednesday baby night we watched something together. Cereal mom. Yes. yes. I was trying to think what we did Wednesday night because I was like, we spent all day together. Yeah, we did. And I was like, okay, we had the we had the draft. Yeah, we started a fantasy football. We didn't start it. We joined a fantasy football league at work. Yeah. Uh, new experience for both of us. I've never done it. You haven't done it before. I did a I did a March Madness draft uh, fantasy, fantasy team. Thing that's fun. I want to do that. Uh, it's March. easier because you pick teams instead of like players. Right. And I love. Um, March Madness. I, I actually won my bracket or oh, my, my my fantasy tournament team membership thing. I feel like I know more about <coughs> basketball, but I feel like or I feel more about football, but basketball is like more fun to watch. I I know the players better, whereas football it's like I know the rules better. I know the teams better. Mm-hmm. Um, That's fair. I don't really know sports in general that well. Yeah, I watched a lot growing up because my parents, yeah. my dad. You know, my dad. And my brother both love it. And my uncles. Yeah. And my cousins. We went to Komodo Loco. Shout out, you know, Komodo Loco. Komodo Loco. Delicious. Como Loco, you know. Como Loco. Como Loco hungry right yeah. now. Me too, dude, actually. So that sounds good. I was thinking Cafe Brazil for lunch. We could do that. Shout out local restaurants. Local restaurants. Even though I think it's a local. chain. I was thinking <laughs> that, like, or that or like Pad Thai or like... Or like Thai food. Yes, let's go somewhere and eat Pad Thai. Yeah. 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 Thank you guys for helping us make it. Yeah. Um, so then we, we did the draft, Komodo Loco. We went to have drinks and then we went and watched oh, yeah, a, we movie. Had drinks. a film. A film. A film that was, some would say, is a film to end all films. Honestly, yeah. It was, it was probably the most fun I've had watching a movie since the last movie that I watched with Cam in that way, like where it was like late, late what, night. What, Spree? 
Well, Spree, Spree was similar. Very yeah. Similar. But I was thinking of uh, uh, Brain Dead. Brain Dead. Yeah. One thing about Cam and I, like, when we watch movies together, it's literally the most it's the absurd most movie at one in the morning. And it's always the most fun. Um, yeah. So I've. It's. You want to go ahead and say the movie? Sure. Yeah. Serial Mom. By John Waters. John Waters. John Waters. I'd seen um, a couple John Waters before. I'd seen uh, Cry Baby, which was fun. I had a good time with that. Um, and. That's really it. I'd seen Hairspray. <laughs> I thought I'd seen more. I really feel like I have, but he d- he hasn't really made that. He hasn't, a, he hasn't he hasn't mm. he hasn't done a ton, but a lot the thing of that he's done have been producing. like monumental. You know what I mean? Yeah, like they've been sort of iconic in its own way. Right. And I remember when I was in film school, um, Pink Flamingos is of course one of the most talked about and divisive and controversial films of all time. Of course. So that's a film that I watched, but I don't entirely remember watching the whole thing you know what i mean mm-hmm. i remember mm-hmm. most of it but i haven't logged in a letterbox so i don't know if it's like it's been a long time and i don't really remember most of it but i remember like the, the shock and awe scenes you know right so i was like i had, I had to feel wrong to watch it i um, really want to see his other stuff um cecil be demented looks really good yeah i want to uh, see what, what's that one another one with uh divine in it it's uh, multiple maniacs yes that one uh female trouble too looks fun with mink stole minks in it my girl Mink. Ah, Mink. And uh, Cry Baby is good if you haven't seen it. It's uh, it's an interesting portrait of like a specific type of punk that uses a lot of Confederate flags. But it's not in a racist way. It's in a punk way. Interesting. But it's still very... I, I felt uncomfortable watching it a little bit. And I'm not even like... I just was like, what the fuck? Like, this is kind of a weird aesthetic. Hmm. Um, it's like how punks also embraced like Nazi symbols and shit, and it's like, yeah, yeah, okay, interesting, you know, like, um, but right, serial mom. I also see polyester, polyester looks looks fucked up, though. Yeah, it's Um, got Tab Hunter, RIP legend, gay icon, gay icon. Um, but yeah, serial mom, serial mom, serial mom, Kathleen Turner was unbelievable. So, I watched a lot of Kathleen Turner this year, unintentionally. So good, so good. I've watched like three or four Kathleen Turners. I've seen a few Kathleen Turners, but I haven't seen a lot of them. I just watched Marley um, and Me. <laughs> no, I just watched uh, Body Heat for the first time, Crimes mm-hmm. of Passion for the first time this year. Um, then I have Serial Mom this time, and I started Peggy Sue Got Married. Oh, but I didn't finish it because I was too tired, so I turned it off. So I'm I'm, I'm on a Kathleen Turner kick. Kind of accident. a kind of a kick. Because remember how Criterion had that erotic film collection? Right. Two She's of these films of were this, in it. Yeah. Uh, Body Heat. Body and Heat and Crimes of, Passion. Crimes of Passion. And they're both really good. They're both some of my favorites from the collection that they had. So, yeah. So I I am a sucker for Kathleen Turner. And I remember reading a, or watching a documentary about how, you know, Kathleen Turner was always like the sex pot or like the sex right. symbol. But then when she got older, she, you know, she gained weight. She became, uh-huh. and then like no one wanted to hire her anymore. Mm-hmm. And no one wanted to employ her, mm-hmm. and she got her voice because her voice is very sultry. So mm-hmm. that's why she was Jessica Rabbit mm-hmm. in um, Hugh and Roger Rabbit. Right. And she was like, "Yeah, it just kind of sucks that like people don't see me like that anymore." And so Ugh. they see me. And so like I remember, I forgot what it was from, and I was like, Ugh, uh, "I feel so bad that that's what happened." Right to Kath- your, right yeah, because I love Kathleen Turner a lot. She's, She's so amazing. Good. And but, that's um, that's strange to be viewed. I, I think about that with Marilyn Monroe. Mm-hmm. If she had survived past the age that she did she would have aged poorly based on her like lifestyle and habits yeah. and um you know all relative but uh, when i say age poorly it's very subjective but it would have like it's interesting that she lives in infamy as this like portrait of like beauty or whatever and like what would that w- would she have faded into obscurity like you know yeah. that kind of thing yeah, how they know. treat starlets they're like yeah it also reminds me of Shelley Duvall. Yes. Who had a really Shelley big Duvall. thing and then she disappeared and then she came mm-hmm. back into the limelight where mm-hmm. she was like found out to be living in like a cabin somewhere. Right. And, Hypersexualized um, and then abandoned as soon as and they... And abused by like certain directors. Don't forget. Yeah. yeah. Stanley Coops. Oh my God. Terrible. And people always like dismissed her claims right. and stuff and it made me feel like... Because I... Right. I, I, I cause Shelley Duvall, she's a Texas Texas yeah. girl so I gotta love her for her that. sweetheart. And I, she was a 
big collaborator with Robert Altman, who I love. Mm-hmm. And so I started watching a lot of Robert Altman stuff, mm-hmm. like Three Women, which is one of the best films I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, whoa, you don't have so to like, torture someone to get a good take. Yeah, you don't have to torture yeah. someone to get a good performance from them, especially if they're an amazing actor. If you trust your actors, if you aren't a fucking like Freudian nightmare that is yeah. like especially she was like, she's not a trained actor either. she was like found yeah she was discovered yeah kind of like um stars born kind yeah of so i was like wow so like the fact that that happened it's it's frustrating because it's like you know kubrick's a genius right but and a, and a mad genius but see a stable genius uh, we give too many people too much credit too much power and credit and leeway i suppose um and how many other amazing generational genius talents are there in the film world? So yeah. many. Yeah. Who don't. And it makes you wonder, like, people. from who, like, our generation, mm-hmm. like, right now, like, the stars we have, like, what's going to happen mm-hmm. to them? You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, in the future. Yeah. Right. we have so many of them now, and it's kind of, like, weird to see. But it is a different time. It is a different time. The it's not that, as bad. Yeah. I think it's because of social media and p- publicity and things like that. People are able to come forward, and that shit is, like... Post post Weinstein, it's like, it's kind of, I mean, I know the problems still exist, of mm-hmm, course, mm-hmm. and they still get blown off. Um, right now, we've been sort of keeping an eye, I have at least slightly on the um, Michael Fassbender stuff, mm-hmm. uh, because that kind of blindsided me. I had no idea that there were, you know, squashed allegations going back years and years and years of horrible violence. Um, Sexual abuse allegations. Yeah. You had the Danny Masterson stuff going on right, right now. Yeah. With, you know, Ashton Kutcher and Mila Ashton Kunis. Kutcher, Mila Kunis. And, and I feel bad because, like, Mila Kunis, yeah, she has her own voice. But, like, I forget mm. that she was groomed. Oh. Because she was 15 yeah. when she met Ashton Kutcher oh, on yeah. that show. And it's kind of weird to think about. He was, like, she 20 was, she or was something groomed. like that. And not only that, but, like, it was re- implied by the other castmate um, that she was very mistreated during that yeah. period of time um, don't know the specifics I don't either it but like it, it does suck to have a victim speak out against <sighs> a victim yes and to be a part of it and the way it's all entangled um, ugh you know anyways let's get <laughs> sorry for our it's little heavy. detour it's yeah. heavy stuff heavy stuff but like that's the thing about film is like there's a lot of dark secrets that go yeah. on behind the film you don't have to be a, you you okay a you have to be a feminist but b you don't have to be a feminist to see that like the way that hollywood treats its stars as disposable as it you know it, it, it takes everything from them and yeah. then leaves them yeah especially like the older the, like Marilyn monroe like betty davis like judy garland like and the men they're they're treated as monoliths as yeah. as cornerstones as you know icons until they die and of course you have like your your, your rock hudson yeah. your tab hunters right. you know you have your um there's your rare cases who, where like in the closet or the die of aids or hiv complications right. which was a big thing back in then right right, right. and it's or like Whoa. there's like stars that shine bright and burn out quickly like like um and die like like, early, well, like river phoenix uh, was even like, phoenix. A, like a recent one yeah or um james dean going yeah back. james dean um but that's oh, more God, he was so young it's like more 20. of like live fast die young yeah more like you know like has to do more with like drugs and things like that which are all parts of the same systemic issue but it has like whereas starlets and stars are like like i feel like starlet might be like not the best thing to say i don't know um because it doesn't imply like inferior or separate whatever i'm not sure how they treat women Mm -hmm. in the industry is so much more like directly exploitative yeah directly like parasitic and like vampiric Mm -hmm. to like suck out their life and then abandon them i think it's kind of like because you know you have the golden age was like the 50s and 60s where like the it was mostly studio driven stuff like studio studios made like their actresses like take diet pills and take drugs and take mm-hmm. stuff so they could be like ready to perform like eight days a week right. on 24 hours. You know what I mean? Right. And like the more like the, of course you have the, like the River Phoenix area, it was more like yeah. clubs, like the lifestyle itself became more like drug yeah. and party heavy, like Studio 54. Exactly. And Two so, different kind of, but the same drugs, that's the crazy <clears> thing. Same drugs with different outlets. Mm-hmm. Like one was given one to was them. One was called medicine. You know, my grandma was taking um, speed. Yeah. Diet, diet pills. They mm-hmm. called them. She was 12. What does that do to a developing brain? Yeah. Judy Garland, you know, 
I feel so bad for Judy Garland. God damn, man. Like, I can't even think about that. It makes me sick. Um, Marilyn Monroe, mm-hmm. you know, like these things behind the scenes, like, and, and that's, that was my issue with blonde, like not to make it a whole thing. Like the reason I sort of, sort of, sort of, the reason you I sort of was okay to. with uh, the boycotts and whatnot is like, if you're going to do an evocative portrait of someone who is, who is absolutely tortured, like it's one thing to be a tortured genius. It's another thing to be actively tortured by the industry. Yeah. And to be like, oh, she was gross. She was this. She was that. She was blah, blah, blah. Yes, as a result of her, like, horrible abuse. Like, it was just so exploitative to exploit that image of someone who's already, you know, I don't know. Hard to articulate sometimes. Yeah, like, I understand. I think it's, especially, like, mm-hmm. it's hard to, like, sexualize, like, a victim. Right. And But make it into, like, a like she was just kind of sexy kind of a thing. Like it would be great if they did that with Judy Garland, knowing that she was like abused and like drugged for most of her life and being like, Oh, but she was sexy. She had sex appeal. You know what I mean? Like she was a sex icon. Exactly. To make it erotic is strange. When there was no point to make her, because she was a beautiful woman. Like are they, are they representing it as, you know, sexual assault and as exploitation and things like that? Yes. But they're doing it in an erotic way. That's really uncomfy. Like, Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's very strange. It's got like, it's just got really, yeah, bad views. <sighs> okay, back to Serial Mom. Serial Mom. <laughs> <laughs> A lot more lighthearted. Um, very fun. Matthew Lillard, Ricky Lake, Sam Waterston, Kathleen Turner, uh, Justin Whalen was in it too. Mm-hmm. Uh, Meek Stoll, like you said, Mary Jo Catlett. All you know, kind of Suzanne Summers. Of Suzanne Summers. John Waters. Yeah, Suzanne Summers was in it. That was um, really funny. So funny. I do think because from what I've seen, this is like mm-hmm. probably one of his tamest. Yes. Tamest works. Um, gore wise, it had, there wasn't it had gore, a like, ton. But yeah, but but like, it was more violent than I would say most of what I've seen from him. But it was uh, sexually more. Tame. Mm-hmm. There were a lot of tits still. There was that kid that kept jacking <laughs> off. Um, but that was that was contained to that, you know. Yeah. Very funny, like incredibly hilarious. Like I, I haven't stopped thinking about multiple line deliveries, <laughs> random screams, little one-offs. Like it's just you can tell that they had fun making it. Yeah. You could tell that they had fun writing it. Uh, like every aspect of it is fun and so darkly comical. Um, one of the coolest car chases randomly tucked in there. Just so <laughs> stupid. Like, the van. Yeah. I think Kathleen Jenner was like made for this role. Well, and before the van too, when she's getting tailed and she fucking like, just she's listening to that song and hits that curb and just <laughs> like flies across that lawn. Yeah. There's sparks everywhere. I was like, what the fuck is this bullet? <laughs> like, this was sick. This um, God, it was so good. And she was made for the role. She's so like foreboding in a way yeah. like you do there's like she sells it as both like this is really funny her like over the top kind of insane maniacal side like wooey <laughs> but she's like it's supposed to be funny but you there's still a gravity to it does that make sense yeah like, yeah no it does and i think that mm-hmm. she um is great with oh my gosh i was like She's great with like her her line delivery. Yeah, because like a lot of it is like a lot of the jokes were based on yes. like timing, oh, 100%. like comedic timing, and you really have to be on top of your timing in order to like really deliver yeah. them and stuff. And she's balancing this Stepford Wives act, this yeah. like perfect suburban mother, with like this dark urge <laughs> that's really compelling to watch and yeah. very funny. What's interesting is like. Any other movie, any other director or writer working on this, any other performance, it would have been desensitizing. Um, second or third murder, you would have just been like, okay, this is just how it goes. But every single kill, I even the ones that you're laughing during, you're still like, like it still feels like she's fucking killing someone. Yeah, like, like the fucking turkey. Turkey yeah, leg scene. even hitting someone with a turkey leg. Like, <laughs> I was like, fuck, dude. Like, and it wasn't that brutal. It wasn't that gory yeah. or gross. I was like, Jesus Christ. 
it's weird how like the framing of something is so important the way that 100 percent. and i don't really know how they executed that um to make me feel because normally like movies bodies just pile up and they're just bodies and in this one there's a lot of kills but they're not they all feel like you feel something watching it you know does that yeah. make sense? It's not yeah. just like. I think it's also because, like, you know, you had the maternal figure who mm-hmm. is the one out there killing, right? And it's kind of like, like it's a small town, right? It's a very everyone knows everybody, right? So I think that that also has something to do with it. You know, like, cause it, it's like it can happen anywhere. Yeah, it's not like a big city killer where like, oh, they certain people like she literally attacks anybody who's mean to her family. Yeah, or like mean to her, it or like so doesn't obey the rules. And so I think that's always like an interesting aspect, mm-hmm. just because like anybody could have been killed. It's not like a specific kind of. And, like, not to be that fucking guy, but, like, there is interesting subtext to an extent. Like, mm-hmm. yes, it's lighthearted. Yes, it's, like, a, a murder romp, dark comedy. But it's, like, with all the best dark comedies, right? It's, like, you could do a gendered analysis of this. You could do a class analysis of this. Or gender and class. Like, looking at it as, like, is she, why does she do what she does? Like... Is it because of the roles that she has been? Is it because of that Stepford wife sort of role that she's yeah. been put in? Like, she's this, like, domesticated, like, you know, portrait of suburban perfection, like the American ideal. Mm-hmm. And what does the dark side of that look like? Um, hyperconsumption, execution, order, uh, protection. Like, these things are mixed up in there. And it's interesting because, like, it sounds ridiculous to even say that about something so funny, but then while you're watching it, like you can't not think about these things. It's like, damn, like you, you it, it was as funny as it is, as stupid, like like perfectly stupid in a good way and goofy. It still felt really compelling. Mm-hmm. I w- I was like, wow, this is an interesting. I think a lot of John Waters stuff has those undertones mm-hmm. and those like mm-hmm. subtexts because like he does try to cover like deeper subjects but yeah. covers it with a lot of cry is a good example of and, that yeah comedy yeah um so cry yeah Baby i 100 like, think that there was probably some subtext in there because oh, i think that's, that's what he always goes for yeah but that was a fun was a fun time so Very that's fun. a fun it's a fun group movie party to watch yeah i don't know if it would be it's like watching alone would be fine but like for the watching first time watching it with a, like it. a bunch of people but yeah watching it yeah. bunch with, with, with you and cam was <laughs> was so fun me and Cam um, just dying laughing at every fucking scene. Like, so funny. Um, Beverly okay. Sutton. That was one of our movies. Yeah. Uh, um, then I got jump sick into yours. Yeah. a couple days later. Talk about yours. I'll talk um, about, we'll go in, like, chronological order. So go through, and okay. then I'll talk about mine last, because I just watched it last night. Okay, so I watched... So I watched... Actually, we watched... Actually, watched Ponyo... For the first Love. time, first time, first time, first time. I haven't time seen it since I was little, so I don't. I just um, remember she likes ham. She does like ham. I remember there's like a toy or something. There's like some toys. A toy boat. Yeah, a toy boat. Yeah, and she like makes it go bigger or whatever. Yeah. yeah, no, I I was listening to seventy millimeter about because they did an episode about it, and so I was mm-hmm. like, you know, I never seen it, and I do love, you know, Ghibli. And so I was like, and then they got the new movie coming out. Yeah. So I was like, I got to finish some of their like filmography. I have mm-hmm. a couple more left to finish. And I've never seen Ponyo. And I always thought it was for kids. That's why. Because I put it in the back of my head like, oh, it's a kid's movie. It is more childish than the others, I yeah. feel like. But it's got a lot of heart to it. A lot yeah. of charm. Uh, the colors are just fucking gorgeous. And Ghibli um, never talks down to their audience. That's one of the best that's, things. Yeah, I like, do. Kids could watch any of their stuff. Even Mononoke. Even Pocoroso. And still get something out of it. They have they do a nice balance of being like adult themes, yeah, but also not harsh themes for kids. And I've heard that the boy in the heron is like the best one of that yet. I, I cannot wait for that movie. I I'm so wait. excited. I'm really, excited. we get it in December. December. We have to wait till December. <laughs> but I cannot wait to watch that movie. I'm very excited for that one. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll be doing a screening. Jordan said. Oh, yeah. But yeah, so I watched Ponyo for, for the first time one day. I just wanted to watch something wow. lighthearted. Gorgeous, and I love I love that all his stuff takes place by the water. Yes, because I love like the water in the sky, seaside towns. Yeah, seaside towns, but sky skyport representing purity no. often and freedom, <coughs> and purity in freedom. Yeah, um, it's interesting too, like the sky being blue, 
perfect blue. Like not to just, but like in Japan, like yeah. blue represents purity. Yeah. And I don't know, spitballing. But you know, loved that one. And then I got sick. <laughs> and then I rewatched um, *Malignant*. Fell asleep to that. Oh, that's a fun movie, though. It's a great movie. Yeah. I uh, I didn't rewatch it in, in its entirety, but some friends of mine were watching it without me. Um, <laughs> I was at work, and so I popped in to take a gander, and I was reminded of how, on a rewatch, how brilliant the movie is. Like mm-hmm. that every time she's talking to Gabriel, right? Like on the phone, he's in frame. It's the back of her head, like in a mirror, and it's it's not framed as like it's not it's telling not, you. But it's it's, it's like in focus, you. and it's it's taking up as much space in the frame as she is, and it's like here's this character, so it's all there, you know, which is really cool. Um, ugh, what a good movie that was. Yeah, I wish I was awake for more of it because I haven't seen it since it first came out yeah. two years ago. Ditto. And so I was like, oh, I was just scrolling because I was like, N- I couldn't even move. I was so uh, like bedridden and I was like Ugh. Sounds like fatigue. And <laughs> and so I was trying to figure out something to watch and I was like, Oh you know, this was on here, but I'll put it on. So I watched that one. And then another movie that I watched was <laughs> Race for Your Life, Charlie Brown. Nice. This is one of my favorite sick movies. Um no one has fucking seen this movie. I haven't seen it. Um I like literally peanuts. someone from seventy millimeter watched it. But it's wow. from the seventies. It's about the peanuts go to summer camp. Oh, fun! And they do like a like a they do like a white river rafting race between like all like the campers and stuff. Cute. And they get lost. It's just really cute. It's really cute. It's like it's like an hour and sixteen minutes. I remember. I think I remember my uncle showed me this. I think because he loved it growing up. And so I love um, the way it's jazzy. And yes, it's just so it's just so it's so homey and cozy. Yeah. And there's another one like this because this one actually was released in theaters in the seventies. Really? Yes. They had two, this is a fun fact I learned. They had two um, theater releases, and it was this one, and the other one that I also love, it's called um, Bon Voyage Charlie Brown and Never Come Back, where they go abroad to France to study abroad. And they stay in a chateau, it's like a murder mystery kind of thing. What? Um, And that was the only two that were released back to video. Um, Charles Schwartz, you freak. But that one was a good one too, I like that one a lot too. I do own them both. They're on iTunes. So I bought them. But yeah, those are just like fun little sick movies for me to watch. Hmm. Um, what the fuck is my diary? You see me starting over here? Okay. Oh my God. <laughs> and then I watched The Mean Season with Kurt Russell. I don't know this one. Uh, it's on Max. It's on HBO Max. It's like a, it takes place in Miami. It's like a murder happens. There's a twist or whatever. This can't be one of his popular ones. I feel like I've seen every Kurt Russell movie. No, yeah, no. It was good. It was just like an average run-of-the-mill detective movie. You know what I mean? Right. Nothing special about it. Um, but I, I enjoyed that one. And then my last one I watched before I get to years. Oh, I have one more. But um, Hollywood Chinese. It's a documentary that I watched on Criterion um, about the depiction of Asian Americans, specifically Chinese Americans, mm-hmm. on film in Hollywood from the beginning. So like now they had to have talked about Bruce Lee they did yes I talked about Bruce Lee and they talked about because they talked about how like, you know um, it's funny because they actually had a white that white actress who portrayed Asian characters yeah. on the documentary as well like Christopher Lee who is like Fu Manchu interesting and did they, they have, have um, Louise Reiner who won an Oscar for her Asian role wow um, did they have um, the guy from Breakfast at Tiffany's no I didn't have him um, Mickey Rourke dead. right no Mickey, Rourke. Mickey Rooney Mickey Rooney um, but yeah, they talked Jesus. about how like you know Asians in Hollywood have always been, been depicted a certain way, and um, just basically like how the evolution of like Ch- Asian and Chinese stories throughout Hollywood. They talked about Joy Luck Club. Hmm. They talked about Better Luck Tomorrow. They talked about like um, Ang Lee specifically, like Joan oh, wow. Chen. Uh, talking about like the Last Emperor. Mm-hmm. Um, Basically, just stuff like that. It was really, it was really nice. It's such a short document. It's like an hour twenty. Um, but it was, it was I'll check that out. Fun that movie. It's, uh, it's a movie. It's a documentary. I love a good documentary mm-hmm. about film and like certain like mm-hmm. subjects like this. Um, but yeah, no, it's talked about like um, how a lot of Asians were hurt by it. No matter how mm-hmm. good in quotations right. the depiction was, it was still hurtful in some kind of way. Right. 
and about how like, all Asians had to have an accent, like an Asian woman couldn't be more than just a prostitute back in the early, right. earlier days. So you, you don't go to like, like if like a, like a character went to Japan, mm-hmm. they, he had to meet like an Asian woman, mm-hmm. the pretty gorgeous, you know, prostitute one. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's, it's very interesting. It's very interesting to see how, um, you know, all that came into play and like how we're, where we're at now, it's crazy mm-hmm. to think about. We have like, you know, Michelle Yeoh just won an Oscar for everything, everywhere, right. all at once. We have the stories like that, past mm-hmm. lives. We mm-hmm. have um, uh, Parasite winning. Yeah, it's weird. I, I don't know if I'm overplaying it, but it felt like one of the biggest shifts culturally in terms of Asian representation was Crazy Rich Asians, which like wasn't even... I think that has a lot to do with Like it. I think historically, no one's going to look at that movie and be like, what an amazing movie. Mm-hmm. Like, let, let's talk about it. Let's remember it. But I remember the conversations about Asian representation really kicked off there and I feel like everything else has fallen into place after that because it it became very clear that representing you know minorities and representing them as more than just stereotypes of themselves and showing their actual stories and things like that can make money yeah I think Um, it was one of the first times that an all Asian cast I think mm it's like Joy Luck Club yeah has been like financially like um successful like yeah. at, a, at a movie and critically like successful at a movie where it's like yeah people are like oh well like asian people asian stars can make money in right. box offices um which was interesting and i remember after that like stop asian hate like a lot of vocal asian representation happened and advocation which was cool yeah um yeah i i really like um once Upon a Time in Hollywood mm-hmm. is a good movie. Mm-hmm. And as much as I like it, it's so full of problems and issues. And I'm sure they talked about Bruce Lee as a revolutionary figure in, in representing mm-hmm. um, Asians through martial arts film as more than just stereotypes. Like, yes, he's this kung fu knowing individual, right? He's, he's very... Uh, proficient in kung fu but he's not a walking stereotype um and he he kind of pulled away from the you know chamber 36 from the wuxia yeah 36 chamber like the orientalism the idea that like asians are all mystical and and Mm -hmm. strange Mm -hmm. and to be conquered and in penetrated and, and it's, known. it's funny they talk about how like mm-hmm. it was like bruce lee and like mm-hmm. was like a big step in mm-hmm. like asian reputation but also how also that became a stereotype for it asians did. it did because people would call a lot of asians like bruce lee hey bruce exactly. lee you know what i mean like not, not, not like not in a specifically like a derogatory right. way but it became mm-hmm. another another stereotype stone, but then he himself became a stereotype that yeah for you asian know jackie people. chan fought against and then jackie chan became a stereotype that was then fought like police story was also oh shit, police story was also in the documentary that's oh, awesome. Like, ugh. And like, so whenever Quentin Tarantino has a problem with Bruce Lee, hates him because he feels like he ruined the wuxia movement and the, those kung fu movies that mm-hmm. he loved growing up. Uh, whenever he represents him as, you know, all talk and just being destroyed by the the white man, the casual white man, the nonchalance of it versus the boastiness and bravado it there's so much racially at play in that scene that like if you take it at face value sure it's fun it's fine it's cool and it's hard not to laugh the way it's executed because he's a great filmmaker but the subtext there's so meaty and murky i think like when you take a movie like that and you try to mm-hmm. alter history to a certain degree mm-hmm. and it's fine but you can't alter the history where it doesn't benefit like a minority in a way right. that wasn't true he was punching down yeah and not only punching down but like ignoring a history of misrepresentation and self-advocacy and in in it revolutionarily so and also like doing it in the in the name of stereotypical rep to make like, like to make doing to make a white person look yeah better. like i don't think they would do that to like a like a black actor like Sidney cote no. wing a first black oscar they wouldn't they wouldn't write history right. to make it another white person you know right so they shouldn't have done that to like undermine the, all the work weird. that bruce lee had did for the community yeah. and for like the film mm-hmm. as a whole and i get that it's different um, because it's not like someone telling like it's it's 
he was it's a fight it's martial arts you know but it's just it was just a really it's a really weird scene uh and like i said I, I do like the scene i think it's funny i think it's well executed i wouldn't have cut it from the film i also wouldn't have written it in you know <laughs> that's the thing is like it's just a weird kind of paradox of like it's both a perfect scene and it's so murky and yeah. i would never want to take it beyond surface value because it, it just gets too complicated mm-hmm. it's like fuck mm-hmm. dude like that's not cool um what were we even talking about? Oh, yeah, the documentary. Yeah, so that was a that's a good little watch. It's leaving Criterion soon, though. Um, I'll have to watch that. And so I watched one last movie, and then we'll get to your other movie, and then we'll talk Queef. about our feature film. So mm-hmm. I watched a I watched a movie called The Man with the Answers. What? It's a Greek film. Um, it's a Greek gay film. It was really cute. It was, an, cute. It was like eighty minutes, hour twenty, super short. Um, there's about like two guys who meet on a ferry and <laughs> who meet <laughs> hey, no. meet on a ferry coming from Greece to Italy to go to Germany to go meet his mom or whatever. It's like a road trip movie and then mm. kind of like they're complete opposites and they fall in love. It's really cute. That's cute. Super cute and it doesn't have a sad ending. No way. Which is very, this is very nice. Um, the gays have to be tragic. We do. Have you met me? <laughs> and oh so um, it's a cute movie. It's super nice. I, I would love to everyone to see that movie. Nothing That's much cute. about it. It's just a cute little movie. Yeah. Cute little Hour 20. That's why no one wants a happy ending is because there's not much to say. You go, that was good. That was fun. That was nice. And you could say, I, I like that it ended happy. And that's about all you can say. <laughs> but if it's sad, you can be like, fuck, I felt something. This art moved me. What were we talking about? And my soul is ripped into pieces. And what do I do? <laughs> yeah. Um, I watched a movie. <laughs> After all my movies. Yeah. I watched a movie that was uh, <coughs> one of my favorites. I think it's the top two martial arts movies of all time. Number one being The Raid 2. Number two being The, the Raid 1. Oh. <laughs> the Pacifier, yes. With Vin Diesel. That's so, <laughs> it's such a good point. Um, actually, no, I was thinking, uh, uh, what's the one with Jackie Chan, The Babysitter? The Babysitter? Yeah. yeah. That That's what I was thinking, not The Pacifier. Or, I do love The Pacifier, uh, though. What's the other? It's Tuxedo. Where the guy like drinks the water and turns into fire. <laughs> they do an Indiana Jones kind of like <laughs> he turns into a fucking zombie. It's awesome. Uh, okay, sorry. The raid. I've never seen the raid still. You freak. Which I own is, it. <laughs> uh, we will watch it together at some point. Gareth yeah. Evans we, is kind of my goat. Like he's this Welsh white guy who your favorite. He, like he he just goes to Malaysia and makes friends with Eco Weiss. And says, let's just make movies together. And him and um, Iko Weiss and uh, I don't know how to say his name. Um, Sheshep, I think. Raman. This guy here. Oh, I'm going to know. He was in John Wick 3. As oh, was, one of the fighters? Yeah. It, the uh, and he was uh, like twin brothers with Yayan Ruhyan. Okay, uh, okay, okay. Who plays Mad Dog in this. Just a fantastic... Both amazing, you know, martial artists. He works with uh, Joe Taslim. Okay. Again, these four, these four players are just some of my favorite like martial artists, uh, actors, uh, stuntmen. Um, and any movie they're in, it's like I'm gonna I'm gonna see it, even if it's bad. I watched Mile Twenty Two. You know yeah. what I mean? Like because Eco, because I love him. Um, so yes, uh, the raid is an interesting movie because it has a lot of stylistic flair. Um, there's some shots where like there's gunfire that happens in slow motion, and the entire room is dark except for that, and it lights up and it's really beautiful. It's like how did they get that shot? There's stunts that are just unreasonably technical in their execution. Um, it's the most brutal martial arts film. I mean, you've got people getting knives run through their hamstrings. Like Ugh. you've got people getting killed by splinters. Uh, there, it's so destructive and explosive, and there's so much weight to every impact. Um, and with all of that, it's still incredibly simple. It has it sets up a sequel loosely. But it just it there's there's very the plot is very thin. It goes, hey, what if there's mild corruption? Mm-hmm. Not mild corruption, pervasive corruption. But it's not even the main plot point. 
It's like you go into a building and then you have to get out, and that's it. Is it like to go? Is it because they go up this whole building? Yes, and then down, <laughs> um, and it's really cool. Like the the basic gist of the plot is that they're there to take this guy who's like a crime lord and a landlord. He and so everyone in the building is kind of like it, like either an addict or a junkie or like some kind of criminal or part of his gang, and they're all trying to. He gives them incentive to just kill the cops that go in. And it becomes a bloodbath. Just insane. And there's a lot of spoilers that I won't talk about. There's a lot of characters that it's like, whoa, these connections. There's really interesting things that happen that drive the narrative. So there's enough narrative to keep you there. Yeah. But it's 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 a foundation for the the stunts, which okay. are just cool. No movie has better technical execution. I, I've heard you talk about this movie a lot and mm-hmm. give it a lot of praise. And not only you, mm-hmm. like a lot of you give this movie a lot of praise. Oh, yeah. Like it's one of those films that everyone just fucking adores. Yeah. Um, I need to see it. I need to see the Raid it. 2 takes what The Raid 1 does and it does it just as well. Same director? Yes, same director. Uh, expands it greatly. Like it, it the scale is huge. Um, it's less simple and it's it's hard to compare the two i i like them equally because the first one it's like you just watch it and it just it just boom 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 it's non-stop and the raid 2 is non-stop too but it has a lot more plot and a lot more character mm-hmm. uh and it's it feels a lot longer i don't know that it actually is yeah it's a whole hour longer um, <laughs> that's crazy it's 150 minutes and it's it really is an epic but uh, yeah, just two fantastic movies. Um, the second one is underrated because hardly anyone has watched The Raid Two. Um, I, I'm excited to watch this one eventually. I know. I yeah. Need to well, in Gareth Evans, you know, he steps outside of the martial arts wheelhouse and he makes Apostle, which is like my right. favorite horror it's a movie. Great movie. Love that movie. Um, he has Havoc coming out soon That's with Tom Hardy. Yeah. Very excited for. Very excited. Timothy Oliphant's in it, Forrest Whitaker, Justin Cornwell. I know um, he did, I know he did the VHS too. Luis Guzman. Yeah, he he was featured on VHS too. I don't I haven't seen his uh bit in there. Um, but yeah, just really awesome movie and I'm really glad that I own it. That's one you can throw on and either See, I didn't it was late. I wanted to kind of be on my phone, throw on a movie, and that I was not going to pay attention to because I've seen it like four times, five times, and I'm just enraptured. Didn't look away once. The entire movie just sat there for for two hours. I always love that. I always love when I because sometimes you just don't like to watch. You just throw Mm -hmm. a movie on and you end up being entranced with it the whole time. Just obsessed. It's great. It's it's a great feeling. Yeah. Hairball. Literally. Uh, Okay, we can talk about our feature film. Okay. Okay. Cam had a pick. Cambria, hello. Well, we are here to discuss mm-hmm. the worst person in the world. The worst person in the world. Cam. I think this is our first. <laughs> <laughs> I think For making our, us I think watch this is this our movie. first. Literally, I think this is our first pick that we've had where it's actually been like not a fun, <laughs> not a fun little watch. Yeah, Stardust was nice and light and fun. Garden Walter State Mitty, was Garden yeah. State. Uh, Garden State was a little little heavier, yeah, but, but it, it was optimistic. Yeah. And, uh. <laughs> this fucking movie. This movie. It was, uh, okay, I'll say it succinctly. This will probably be my letterbox review. It was a very touching and intimate portrait of existential anxiety mm-hmm. uh, throughout a, a large period of one's life. Yeah. Um, kind of the ending of youth. How do you navigate, like doing the right thing for the wrong reasons at the wrong time and the inverse of that the wrong thing at the right time for the right reasons like it it's just complicated it's long it felt long and the way that it just it's not even entirely devastating it's like quietly devastating it's like oh god i I don't even i don't have the words it's um (laughs) It's such a, I don't know, like, because you and me, we, 
we're known for our car talks that we have in right. the past. We haven't had one in a long time. No, it's but um, you know, you just sit with your best friend in your car, and you guys just talk f- about life for like, for like hours. Yeah. Um, and you know, we we have a ton of those, and so like this movie kind of felt like that. Mm. It kind of mm. felt it kind of felt like one of those like conversations you have with your best friend, where it's kind of just like deep and personal. It's funny, but you talk about conversations yeah. that and topics that you don't normally have with other people. Right. And so to watch it with you, it's just like, it was cause like mm-hmm. that we, we, of course we have a uh, commentary between the movie. Mm-hmm. Like we laughed and we said some comments. We had some good times during the first hour. And then once it got to like the more serious stuff, we kind of mm-hmm. just sat there in silence and we were both kind of like yeah. taking deep breaths and just kind of watching it together. And it's, um, it's definitely like, it's one of those movies that you really have to just, just go. You just have to go in it for it. Oh, cause yeah. like, uh, I've been trying to watch it for a long time. Me and I was, like, I was like, oh, I'll watch it one night alone. Oh, exactly. Like I'm never like in and, the mood and, and it's and a little like, long. So. It is long, mm-hmm. but like it, it's just, it's a, it's a good, it's a good time movie, but it's not like, yeah, it's, it's funny, like, a, you know, like, it's a good it's romantic, movie, but it's also like not, it's hard to watch. It's, it's the, <laughs> I can handle heartbreak. Yeah. It might make me cry. It might hurt me, yeah. but existential dread self-sabotage you know always loving someone but never being with them always wanting more and and losing that and never being able to take anything back it's just so it's one that I'm going to think about for a long time and revisit occasionally and never really have any answers because it's 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 too realistic it's there's it doesn't follow a, a traditional narrative where it's like look this person starts here and ends here it's just yeah. kind of it's, it, it's it like is, a slice it is very, of someone's life it's very realistic it's very um I, it can happen to anybody i feel like it can happen to either one of us you know what i mean like and i think it happens to everyone in yeah, some ways the at some point feeling like your life is ending and you're still young but feeling like you're going through the motions feeling like you're playing a support role in your own life um not feeling like what you're doing is the right thing that to do or questioning why you're doing anything you know i mean the prologue sets up how everything else will play out she realizes that she only wanted to be in medical school because it was hard to get into and she wanted to justify being good at something Mm -hmm. and only being a psychologist because you know she wanted to feel deep and and knowledgeable and and understand and analytical yeah because that makes her feel more serious yeah and only wanting to be a photographer because she wanted to cut loose and and live freely and not really actually embracing any of these passions fully Mm -hmm. um Tiptoeing, not tiptoeing, dipping her toe in different like aspects of life. I don't know. It was. Just I, I did like that in the beginning when the, um, they were like, mm-hmm. "Now she's a photographer. She's seeing a whole different city or a whole different mm-hmm. aspect of also she's never seen, even right. though she's been there the whole time. Right. Because you join a different circle Night or you join a different like, thing, and you, yeah. you experience your eyes are open to more things that you don't always see because you're too oh, busy yeah. doing something else. And that was always that was a nice little. Um, and it, it hit home for me too because like. I get cold feet a lot and I'm like, I want to do this. I want to do that. I don't know what I want to do every fucking day, you know, in relationship anxiety. Um, there's different sides to that. Some people are scared that like they'll lose a relationship. Some people are scared that they'll be in a happy, fruitful relationship and then wake up one day and not want to be in it. These kinds of commitment anxieties and existential anxiety and existential dread. Am I doing the right thing? Am I with the right person? Should I have kids? Should I have had kids? Should I have kids with this person? Should I think about marriage? Should I think about living with someone? Should I leave? You know, is it okay to regret? Like, all of this is there. And that's why it doesn't want to give any answers. The movie doesn't try to give any answers. It's just like, here's this portrait of how we feel these things. You know, and... God, it's tough, and and it's like in a horror movie when they make the wrong choices. 
but they're not it, they're not really the wrong I don't know I don't there know there were a ton of times we watched it and like there was no reason to be anxious but we just mm. kind of felt anxious like, like at the dinner yeah. like the dinner dancing scene or yeah. like uh, whenever she was running like it's just like or tripping or tripping on yeah. shrooms like yeah. there's just so many things about like I think because like we're conditioned to the things like that to be anxious, but like really mm-hmm. it's just like a part of life and like mm-hmm. um, doing stuff and like not there always mm-hmm. needing to be a reason to something to go bad, but it just like it's just a part of the story. Yeah. And um, the way that I interpret the ending without spoiling the ending is essentially that like I feel like maybe she realizes that she is not who she's with. Mm-hmm. She is not you know her connections she is herself yeah she's quietly happily smiling and alone um and that's really so interesting um that really hit home for me and and okay the elements of the movie right right away you have these three colors during the title credit mm-hmm. that we were like we, we literally were like oh i love these colors these are nice <laughs> these are nice colors and they get called back they get utilized in a really smart way so visually you're tying something as simple as intro credit like things into the actual it's like it becomes a motif in a way it's called back for one of the most emotionally devastating moments of the whole movie um the way that the script is so perfectly laid out and is in conversation with the actual medium. This is what I mean when I talk about Garden State maybe working better as a book than a movie. There's nothing film-wise that justifies why it exists in the medium it does. Mm -hmm. This movie you could not say that about. It uses its medium well. I mean, the, the way that the colors are used in the title sequence to then be tied in later, the way that they use the time stop, the way that they use the psychedelic, you know, representation. I've never, we talked about visual representation a little bit. Um, having a what if moment in your head in the span of a second feels like stopping the world. You live a whole life. Yep. Or, I um, forget how it was basically, it was basically a book. You know, mm-hmm. it had the, ch- and it said it's, yeah. it has 12 chapters and an epilogue yeah. and a prologue. So it, it in itself has a story structure of a book. Right. But it's told in a movie. It is. And like, I like how some chapters, it, it, I mean, it, it's very relative how life is. Like some chapters were only like five mm-hmm. minutes long, while others were like 35, 40 yeah. minutes long. And that's how chapters of life are. You know, like some sometimes a oh, chapter yeah. could be um, a couple years, sometimes it could be just like a day. Right. So I think that that, like doing that was just so smart, especially with her and her life and like where she was going from and like yeah. balancing out her relationship mm-hmm. and her anxiety and like mm-hmm. how, maybe how some days felt longer than others. It was just, it's a genius, a genius play right. on how to do that. and. It really, you know, it makes you stop and think about like, especially because like I'm in my late-ish 20s, I'm 27, not quite 30, but you know, she turned 30 and I was like, she was like, oh, you know, and then right. she like goes through all this like um, turmoil relationship wise. And I'm just like, it's just, it's just so, it's so crazy because like, it's, you don't think anybody else can depict how you're feeling about right. certain things, but then someone goes and makes a movie like this oh. and you're just like, well, fuck. <laughs> Because like yeah. you you know like you know what I've gone through and I know what you're right. like how, and how you feel about like relationships right. and like marriage and stuff and so like we're sitting there and I'm just like, it's like oh. is this was this guy smiling oh. is this is <laughs> about you know how some of us you know maybe want kids or don't want kids or the pressure of being a good parent or the right. pressure of fitting in with you know your friends or mm-hmm. family who have kids and you mm-hmm. don't have kids and like Commitment. even she even like uh, the one of the girls at the party was like. Oh, like y'all have it way harder than we did because you're always expected to like. I forgot what she said, but she's like, y'all have it way harder because like. You have <laughs> a lot of pressure because I can't give my kid. I have to cut my kid's iPad time, right. otherwise all he do is gonna watch TV. But like y'all, you know, so it's kind of like. Right. It's 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 the the writing is is genius. The so writing smart. is balances you know, mm-hmm. a messy character, mm-hmm. but in a very human. Mm-hmm. and like playful and you know it doesn't look down on her yeah it doesn't make her make her feel bad for the decisions she makes and, and you can't look at what she does and be like I wouldn't do that like you, you never the romance know. is romantic you believe but I think both of them in are in the hope of it both of them and as much as you're like don't do this you're also like go for it like you can't really and it's it's also it's not just a portrait of, of her 
it's also a portrait of contemporary life in a lot of ways it's it's really just a good representation of like what it feels like to be alive right now what it feels like to be wanting to be alive and not really being able to like feeling i don't know sedated or locked into a quiet life of mediocrity and like it was a nice balance to show like you know they had um the first guy axel mm-hmm. who you know became you know a well-known like illustrator mm-hmm. i think is what he was mm-hmm. and like you know he went to f- events and parties mm-hmm. and became you know very famous and she was just a bookstore owner mm-hmm. and she was like i'm not good enough insecurity and then when this roles reversed mm-hmm. and she he was just a coffee shop she was like all you want to do is be a coffee shop owner right i want more exactly and so like it's like finding that balance of like mm-hmm. what you are what you have and what you want I'm sure. right um it's crazy because I think a lot of people go through that feeling of being like, mm-hmm. I want more, but if I have too much, and the what's the right balance? And the timing is, it's just, oh. Whenever she meets Axel, he's already in that stage. Mm-hmm. He's kind of figured out what he wants to do and what he wants and what he needs. And she, he's like, he tells her like, where you aren't in that stage yet and that's okay. Um, but I don't think that this will work because of that. And they go for it anyways. And then later in the movie, you know, it's kind of the inverse. She's like, I know what I want now. I want more. And this, you know, kind of casual approach to life is not what I want anymore. She's where he was back then. Mm-hmm. But the timing has, has fucked them over. In a way, it's got that past lives feel. And I also feel like past lives... I feel like there's a lot of comparisons between the two to be made oh, yeah. about existential anxiety, the what ifs. Um, God, just such a. Uh, just I such think there's a, a chapter movie. even called bad timing because mm-hmm. like a lot of things with relationships is timing because one person can mm-hmm. be ready, one person can't, uh, maybe isn't ready, right. and then like you're not expected the person to wait, uh-huh. and then you would hate the person that has to wait uh-huh. for this person to grow up, and so it's it's definitely a nice depiction of showing like, uh-huh. you know, you know. When they have their um, when they have their breakup, uh-huh. you know Axel has no idea it's coming. Right. And but of course, uh, Julie's been feeling this for a long time. She's always right. felt like she's been like inadequate or like inferior, or like she wants something different. And you know she has that little running away, escaping scene. Right. And you know that's the scary thing about life is like you can hundred percent be so confident in your relationship or your where you're at in, in any point in your mm-hmm. life, and then something could just. Be in a second be like I don't want this I don't need this you need something different and it's interesting too like a perfect romance would have had them find each other again at the right time and this movie did do that and it also <laughs> did it without spoilers it also just takes that away in such a, a, a brutal way but never cold never yeah. impersonal it doesn't feel tragic for the sake of tragedy. It feels tragic for the sake of truth. I think sense? I like that they were both like hurt people, but they weren't hateful towards each other. Right. I think a lot of times, like a lot of movies depict like mm-hmm. after a breakup, like there's just a lot of hate, but sometimes you can't hate right. someone from wanting something better for themselves or like mm-hmm. wanting to benefit, maybe even like the other person because mm-hmm. they know it's not them. And so like there's a lot of respect and mutual like mm-hmm. care and agreement for them. Mm-hmm. And so, like to to see you know them mm-hmm. reconnect, yeah. But knowing that you know no matter what, it's just never going to work out. It's just it's 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 yeah. heartbreaking because you can see that one person really wants it, and the other person like. Well, and there's more comparisons to be made to past lives too. On a surface level, let's look at like filmmaking. Where's the weak point? There's not one. The writing, the direction, the performances. Are the music are all working together. Like every element of production is so perfectly executed. Mm -hmm. There's no weak point. There's no part. There's one single moment that I would have cut. And it's when she puts someone's hand on someone else's ass and then winks into the camera. And I just felt like it was a bit gauche, but like, you know, it it was such a a, a small thing and it's fun. It's it's light and there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. I just felt like it, it made the scene, it cheapened the scene, but even still, like, we're talking about a quarter of a second or, like, one second in mm-hmm. an a over two-hour-long movie. Like, it was – it's a perfect movie. Like, it is just so perfectly executed and 
And I think uh, having the city of Oslo, which is a gorgeous city, by gorgeous. the way, gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous landscape shots, like interior oh. design, but having mm -hmm. such a like a gorgeous mm -hmm. like background and design, and having such a sad ish story, mm -hmm. it like really contradicts itself, kind of being like, no matter where you are, no matter right. what's going on, it's like you could still be this different kind of person, right. or like a sad person, or like right. you can go through anything. And I think that. <sighs> They don't know how good they have it. They just, they're perfect little apartments in their messy, messy lives. I would, I would be sad there. I would be sad there. I would be so sad. I there. find a way to be sad anywhere I'm at. <laughs> That's my superpower. I just say the moment that I really like. I noticed the score throughout the movie. Ugh. But like the that the moment you called it out to me is the moment I noticed exactly when she's looking over the water and the summer's yeah. rising and the piano. And just I was like, literally hitting. It's like hitting your soul. The piano was crazy. It's a gorgeous, so gorgeous soundtrack. Who did the soundtrack? Ola something. Ola. Well, they should die. Everyone involved should be put on trial for crimes against my heart. Um, great movie. Great and movie. I just feel like, okay, my recommended double feature, one Walking that we're going to do because you haven't seen it. Cam hasn't seen it. We're going to watch it right after this. Um, I'm Your Man. Another movie that has amazing portraiture of a place. Uh, like aesthetically, they're very similar. Um, and I think in terms of like commitment and ro relationship anxiety and romance, mm -hmm. those are also at play. But I'm Your Man throws in this kind of ex machina um, aspect of like, what is humanity? What is sentience? Mm -hmm. Can you love? It's kind of like her in a way. Okay. Except it embodies her rather than having it be just an, an AI that is not in human form mm -hmm. um, great movie her but I'm your man I, I has a special place in my heart and no one has seen it I have not seen beautiful it beautiful German film uh, Dan Stevens sexy um, hot sexy hot Dan Stevens sexy hot Dan Stevens and Joaquin <coughs> Joaquin Trayer mm -hmm. has done like the Oslo trilogy which is um, mm. reprise and then Oslo August 31st and the final film is the worst person in the world so I need to go back and watch the other two because they cover very similar themes to being able being like being mm -hmm. 20 in oslo basically is what it is and thelma what is thelma thelma's supposed to be a scary movie i think really yeah it's got a dead bird on her face yeah caesar seizures and shit 3.7 stars nice reprise you need to see louder than bombs and all of them have um uh, axel's actor in it and do all of them have Never mind. Oh, Amy Ryan's in this. Oh, I love her. The other Munch. I love her so much. I love Amy Ryan. She's not in enough, to be honest. I need she's to see Bo's Afraid. She's not. I need, I need to, to sit down and too. actually watch I it. I need to watch that. I've never seen that one. Um, but yeah, I mean, those those are <coughs> basically what we got. We have a lot. I feel like we were very, um, we we're very wise this time. I feel like this was the <laughs> most. Well, I don't know if it's fair to make comparisons, so maybe it's it should fair. be cut. But, like, of the picks so far, none of them I've, I've like, felt are better, like, suggestions yeah, 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 than yeah. others. But They're all different. This one felt like like a perfect film. Like, yeah. this one could easily be in my top 20 um, all time. And oh, it was so good. I think this one is just easier to relate for me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think right now where I am in my life, it just it hits when more personal. Yeah, it's the very personal. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Um, that is the thing <clears throat> about like, sure, I hate that we live in, an, in a market economy. I hate what it does to art, but because we have so much of it, and because we can, like, you can just have something find you at the right time. I don't know if that makes sense. Uh, serendipity of that. It's like, and we have so little of that in modern life. Used to, you would walk through the city to work and you would run into someone that you knew from a, a past life in a way and and have that serendipity and mm -hmm. have so much and like nowadays that's gone we drive everywhere we our lives are so disconnected from those around us except online so it's through different mediums that we find that um the right piece of art at the right time um running into someone online i guess in a digital space like that you used to know it's just it's weird how i don't know 
now I'm thinking out loud, physical spaces mm -hmm. and, and connection are, have changed. Yeah. 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 Um, should we do the random number generators? Yeah. Next movie? Yeah. This is a, I'm, I'm never thought I was going to top this film for a while because. Yeah. This is one of those. This is one of those films where I'm just like. Although there's a few that I'm really, I'm very excited for. There's a, it's a uh, ton I'm excited for. The, the the darkness of night or something. Night. Something. A long day's journey into night. Yes, that one. Long day's journey into night. Very excited for. That's not the one I'm looking for. Um, All right, let's see. Number. Topics. Generators. And what's the number that we're at now? Twenty-two. Twenty-three. Twenty-one. Twenty-one. Mm. I think twenty-two. Right. Let me delete. I thought we did 21. 23 last time. 21, 21. okay. So I deleted um, Avery's and Cambria's, which we've done. Her. Okay, I'm ready. All right, I will generate. <laughs> Number 17. <laughs> Drum roll. It's Mac and Devin go to high school. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, that is awesome. What a Avery. fun... Let's fucking go. What a fun. <laughs> <laughs> That's Charles's pick. I love it. It's oh, got um, Wiz Khalifa. Wiz Khalifa, Snoop Dogg. Snoop Dogg. Um, Andy Milanakis is in this. <laughs> Any movie with Andy Milanakis, you know you're getting some quality. Uh, Andy Milanakis is an interesting character. He uh, has a disorder. He was born 1976, but he looks 13 years old. Um, oh, and that's so crazy. he plays kids in a lot of movies. Yeah, uh, in waiting, he played a kid. Yeah, but, you yeah, know, he's yeah. already in his like Still 20s waiting. or 30s at that point. Yeah. Um, funny pages, same deal. Like dumbbells, dumbbells. Oh, you know, I want to watch Funny Pages. I do too. I've heard um, it's really good. It's recent, but it, it is looks recent. It came old. Out last year. And it's the way cool. they shot it, which I really love. I like that. I love the way they I'm shot it. I'm kind of a sucker it. for that, to be honest. Um, yeah. Um, okay. So that's funny. <laughs> what a different vibe change. <laughs> yeah. We should do double feature those two. Worst person in the world and Mac and <laughs> <Ben> <laughs> go, and to, go to high school. Um, okay. Well... Cool. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank um, you so much. Yeah. A bit of a, a tough week for us. We had uh, some emotional devastation in store. <laughs> thanks to a, a good friend of ours. Um, no longer. Count your fucking days, Cambria. Cam, you have absolutely ruined me. Um, <laughs> and th thank you for that. Uh, I love to be sad. Um, melancholy is one of my main moods. Mm, so. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It is. It's mine, too. Yeah. Um, mm. But, yeah, I hope you guys appreciated I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> enjoyed. Yes, I meant enjoyed. I hope you guys enjoyed our conversation. Well, and I hope that everyone listening goes and watches this fucking movie. It's on Hulu. Yeah. Uh, Hulu. Pirate you have if, it, if you free. have to. If you don't, uh, I'll buy it for them. you. Yeah, we'll, we'll buy it for buy you. Buy it on Criterion. Please go watch this movie. It's, it's fucking... It's so good. It's definitely a film I think everybody, especially in their 20s, I think yes. needs to watch. Watch this. Uh, if you already feel existential dread or... If you're 25 plus. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. 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 Um, all right. Thank you, guys. Thanks for listening. Uh, tune in next week for Mac and Devin go to high school. <laughs> <laughs> Is that streaming anyway? We will probably be equally destroyed. Should we do weed? Should we do weed? Before. Mm, I don't know. Probably not because it's super illegal. <laughs> right? 